Thank you for joining us today on the Vision Church Podcast. Our mission is to lead people to Christ and help them live out God's vision for their life. Our teaching team has crafted a message that hopefully can encourage, inspire, and also challenge you on your walk. Make sure you subscribe so you never have to miss another episode, and we hope that you enjoy the message. I promise you, God is near to you. He wants to be near to you. He wants you to welcome him being near to you. And so as I prepared for today with that thought in mind about God wanting to be near to you, I promise you, God has something special in mind for you today if you lock in and listen for him. Because we continue this series, today I'm talking about this guy named Joshua. And Joshua, he definitely knew about this concept of God being near to him. If you know anything about Joshua, or if you're new to church, I'll explain to you. But this guy, Joshua, he was born into slavery. Literally, as he grew up and he learned about previous ancestors who'd been enslaved, he was now enslaved And at times he wondered if he thought, man, am I always going to be enslaved? But God was near to him. He lived through these plagues that happened to where the Egyptians then said, hey, leave, go. And they left and then then they got chased. Remember last two weeks we talked about the Red Sea and Joshua knew what it was like to be in this mass of people heading towards freedom that suddenly turned into panic when it looked like they were going to die, but he knew that God was near to him. He walked through the Red Sea He walked through the desert, even as God provided water, bread, God took care of them. God was near to him. In fact, if you know Joshua's story, when they got up to the promised land and 12 men were picked to be spies, we've got to read that like, oh, wow, that's kind of interesting. That's exciting. You imagine going into a foreign land to scout it out, to figure out whether it was ready for you guys to take it. You're over there fighting for your life, literally hiding. God was near to him. When he came back and gave the report and stood up on some stage with 11 other guys and him and Caleb were like, we can take it. And the other 10 were like, we can't take it. And all the people revolted and they turned away from the promised land. God was still near Joshua. For 40 years as they wandered and everybody, Joshua's age, except for Caleb, everybody died. And they wandered and wandered and waited and waited. God was near to him. And then we pick up today as now we move forward, the book of Joshua. And Joshua has his chance to take over leadership, to look at the promised land again, and to wonder about the possibilities of what's coming. God was near to him. So I don't know where you're at, but I imagine you can relate to one of those seasons or more in Joshua's life, as Joshua gets this point now where he's saying, God, I need you to be near to me more than ever before. I need you to be near to me. So today's message, you have a chance to get this tight with God and and say, God, you got something in store for me? For me? Because God does. So I encourage you to get your takeaway card. It's in the the chair backs in front of you. There's pens there because you want to write some things down today. In fact, as I dug into the book of Joshua this week, this account of the Jordan River, there's five things that God gave me about Joshua that I think can help you today. Because in our series, if you're new here in person or watching online, and I do want to send a couple shout outs for that because I know Debbie is not feeling well today, but hey, Debbie, I know we texted this morning. We miss you. And I just got to send a little shout out to somewhere up in Wisconsin, Emmaus. Now, Lewis is great on the keys, but he did not bring the energy that Emmaus like, just can bring to it. I, I don't know. You, you kind of look like but didn't that? But I just want to say hey to Emmaus because I already texted with him this morning. I know he's praying for us too. 
But if you're here or watching online, grab a takeaway card because God has things for you in the series. Certainly, this is how I fight my battles. But in today's topic called Upstream Blessings. Say upstream, upstream. Blessings. blessings. You're probably like, what does that mean? It sounds interesting, possibly intriguing, but what, what does that mean, this concept of upstream blessings? And evidently, I've got some unique props I'm going to use today to help nail this down. In fact, I've got a prop that you're going to get to take home with you today. But I want you to think about this. Today's bottom line, today's bottom line is the fact that downstream faith will never lead to upstream blessings. I'm going to pack that today, help you understand that. Because if you're standing at a river and you look at a river, it's real easy to look at things downstream and call them out. What's much harder is for you to understand what is upstream and has not come yet, and you call that out. So if you hang in there with me, and trust me in this, that downstream faith will never lead to upstream blessings, if that intrigues you, God's got something for you today. Now, some examples of upstream blessings, because I've been praying for people, especially that, that call Vision Home and I know, or honestly, some people I've even met the last couple of days, and I think about what you're going through, what's in your life that you might consider an upstream blessing. I think about some people I know uh, that are single, and like Chris was talking about, you're looking for a godly mate, the right one that you could have as your life mate, your spouse, your husband, or your wife, and you're praying, saying, God... Can there be somebody out there? I'm walking with you, Lord. I want to find that person. That's, that's an upstream blessing when you're praying, saying, God, I believe there's somebody out there. Maybe you are uh, wrestling with something in your career, and you're like, I need a change. Something has to happen, God. This is too stressful. Or honestly, for some of my friends that just need a tweak in their job, where literally they're saying, God, I need something to change in my career, but people in my job say, that can't happen. Well, when you start praying about it, believing that God can do it, and you see it happen, that's an upstream blessing that comes down and happens. How about in your finances, and you're like, oh, Pastor Matt, our finances are so stressful. Every day, all I think about is money. I can't find a job, or we can't find enough money to make it, or we can't sell the house. We can't do this. We need relief from this, and upstream blessing is knowing that God has relief for you, and it's coming, and I want you to find it. Maybe it's inside of you. Maybe you're so anxious, you say, man, I could never be past anxiety. It's always going to be with me. Don't speak like that. Because I believe that upstream, God could have peace for you, relief from anxiety, relief from guilt or shame or bitterness or loneliness. And you're going to have a chance today to write down some of these upstream blessings that you're praying for. And we're going to pray together for those. And we're going to see God do things in our lives. Well, this guy, Joshua. Again, if you got your takeaway card, you got your Bible, or you got your phone, open up to the book of Joshua. It's early in the Bible, just a couple books in, but this book of the Bible, Joshua, is one of my favorites. And in fact, Joshua, he's on my top 10 list of favorite characters in the Bible. I love this guy and the amazing things that he goes through in his life we can relate to. And uh, I encourage you, if you haven't been reading your Bible lately, you grab the book of Joshua and you start reading through it. I'd say a chapter a day, but I almost promise you this. You read the first chapter, but I got to read more. You read chapter two and three, you do this. It will just stir something in you where you see the power of God working in someone's life. We're in the book of Joshua today. And I promise you five things about Joshua that I feel like God impressed upon my heart that can help you in this pursuit of upstream blessings. The first thing I see about Joshua is that Joshua walked with God. He walked with God. Now, the interesting thing about walking with God is there's no exact cookie cutter for it. It's going to look different for many of us, but 
for me, kind of a visual of it, are these shoes. Okay, now these shoes, uh, they are also my, my gym shoes we're in the gym, but primarily these are the shoes that I wear in the morning when I go out walking on Bud Wilson Road. So it's literally like when I put these shoes on, I'm telling my body I'm going to spend some time with God. Now, you know, you can take shoes and, and think about shoes and say, wow, there's something magical about shoes. No, because honestly, a, a murderer could wear those shoes and be a murderer. You know, a lazy person could wear those shoes and be a lazy person. But hey, has anybody seen the movie Air, the Michael Jordan one about him, his, all this stuff? Remember that line in there that said, uh, a shoe is just a shoe until someone steps into it. You think about Michael Jordan, those shoes didn't do nothing. But when Michael Jordan stepped into them, they became something. So for me, when I step into a pair of shoes like this and I think, God, I want to go spend some time with you. I want to walk with you. That's how God feels about you every day. He wants you to walk with him. That's what Joshua was like back in Egypt as a slave. I believe he walked with God. As they were standing in front of the Red Sea wondering what's going to happen, he walked with God. As they were even going through the desert wondering how long is this going to last, Lord, he was walking with God. We're picking up in Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to read this for you and give you kind of the, the setting of what's happening here. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you, and now when you hear this, listen for promises of God. Because I promise you, in your daily life, God is speaking you promises all the time, whether it's promises through here, promises through prayer, listen for promises of God. You start to tune your ears to it, you read through scripture. He says, verse three, I'll give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now understand, we're reading this all nice and peaceful here in church or at home on your, your couch. This was God speaking to Joshua when Moses had died, and now Joshua is in charge of somewhere between one to two million people who are looking at him for leadership. And in this moment, Joshua is still remembering that God said the promised land, the promised land. Remember, we talked a couple weeks ago about Abraham, when God promised him that they would get that land of Canaan. And so God is speaking to Joshua, saying, hey, Joshua, you're in charge now. How do you think Joshua's feeling? Joshua's scared. Joshua's nervous. Joshua's unsure. So if you ever feel like that, you can relate to this guy, Joshua. How do we know he's scared? Because you don't have to tell somebody who's all strong. Verse 6, be strong, be courageous. If he was always strong and courageous, God wouldn't have to tell him that. But God speaks to him and says, be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Okay, who likes to be successful? Like, tell me, like, by hand, like, you want to be successful. Okay, who wants to be a failure? Who wants to be a loser? Who wants to be ineffective? I don't. I wake up each day wanting to be successful. That's a good thing. That's a God-given thing. So you may say then, well, how do I live successfully? How do I walk with God and be successful? 
I challenge you this week, take one of your times with God, and I hope you spend time with God, because this is just a catalyst in here. I hope you spend time with God, and at least one time this week, when you spend time with God, spend time with him in one verse, this next verse. Joshua 1.8, he tells you how to be successful. He says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. He tells them three things. He said, hey, make sure your mouth is speaking God's word. Make sure your mind is thinking on God's word. And make sure your person is doing God's word. If you speak it, if you think on it, and if you live it, then you will be prosperous and successful. That's a promise of God. I'm telling you, you spend 15 minutes or 30 minutes thinking about that, focusing on that. What would that look like in your life? Talking with God about that, an incredible verse. And then the last part of this this passage, God says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. If you are a person who loves God, who has followed Jesus, he's given you the same promise today. He's telling you, he will always be with you. Find strength in that. Find courage in that. You walk with God, you're on the direction of getting upstream blessings in your life. Okay, second thing about Joshua. He trusted God. He trusted him. Because in this moment, in Joshua chapter 1, when he's now in charge, all the pressure's on him. He's talking to God. He's been walking with God. He trusts God. My, My visual for this one is a Bible, but it's not just a Bible. It is the Action Bible. Does anybody have one of these? Oh, y'all are missing out. If you have any kids at home, particularly any boys, you've got to get the Action Bible. Even if you're thinking about having kids someday, you go out and get the Action Bible. Because this Bible, oh my goodness, it's, got, it's, it's like comic books of God's Word. It's so fun to read it, see it, the visuals, the stories, the swords, the action. It is incredible. But we talk about Joshua, that he trusted God. Like literally, he took the promises of God and said, God, I believe what you're saying. Let me back this up with Scripture. Verses 10 and 11. It says, so Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land your Lord, the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Here's what just happened. God met with Joshua and said, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Lead your people into the promised land. Don't, don't miss, there's, there's two forks in a row. Joshua could have said, I don't know how to do that, God. I'm not qualified to do that, God. I'm scared to do that, God. And he cowered. And he stayed in his tent, or he went walking on his own, or he delayed and waited weeks or months and said, God, I, I, I can't do that. In essence, what he would have been saying is, God, I don't trust you. Instead, he comes out. Whew, he says, okay, God's with me wherever I go. I'm going to have strength. I'm going to have courage. He walks out and says, hey, guys, round up the troops. In three days, we're crossing that river. I know there was questions. How are we going to cross it? We building a boat? We building a bridge? Are we, starting, are we moving to a different spot in the river? He said, I don't have the answers. All I know is God promised, and I'm trusting. That's where you're at, too, in your walk, if you want upstream blessings. Like, now, if you want some encouragement in this, 
You jot down these scriptures, and this week you spend time in them. Psalm 27, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we, followers of God, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Isaiah 26, 3, God, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I don't know about you, but I need some more peace in my life. He promises peace when you keep your mind on him. In Proverbs 29, 25, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. I promise you this. You trust in him and his word and his presence. He will walk with you. He will do that. Now, one interesting thing about this that I think you can relate to And I'll just read you this part. You don't have to pull it up. But in Joshua 3, it says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites, they set out from the camp, went to the Jordan where they put their new camp before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priest carrying it, you're to move out from your positions and follow it. But don't miss this. Then you'll know which way to go because you have never gone this way before. So if you're hearing this today and saying, well, Matt, this, this sounds great for a pastor. This sounds great for someone who's a, a super Christian. I, I've never been that way before. I've never even heard about upstream blessings. I don't know how to trust God. This is right where Joshua was. It says, since you've never been this way before. Now pull that picture of the Jordan River. I showed you the Red Sea a couple weeks ago. The Jordan River, the one I found, I looked at this and I thought, that looks pretty tough to cross. Maybe if you're like one person and you have a canoe or something like that. But imagine even trying to get this group across that river and instantly, you know, you know Alondra's like, well, my baby. And then, you know, other people are like, well, I can't really even walk that well. And what about so-and-so? They're slower or they can't swim. The, the fear, the panic, the doubts. And you're like, Pastor Matt, that's exactly how I feel about my finances or my health getting better or my anxiety going away. Uh, there's, there, it's, uh, it's impossible. How could we cross that? How could we do that? Well, the third thing I see about Joshua is that he prophesied about God. He prophesied. Now you're like, prophesied? That's kind of a strange word. You know, prophesy, it means that you say that a specific thing will happen in the future. That's when you prophesy. So when you prophesy about God, what you're saying is, God, I believe you're going to do something in the future. That catches God's attention. Many people, let's imagine there's this river here. Many people will look downstream and say, God, okay, I know, I know you did that, and I know you took care of that, and I know you were faithful then, and that's fine to speak about what God has done, but that's all downstream. When you speak about what is upstream, what you're believing for, that catches God's attention because speaking like that, it requires faith. I'm not talking Hobby Lobby, like put up on the wall, like just have faith. Okay, like not that kind of faith. I'm saying like I've been in the word, I've walked with God, and I'm trusting him. That catches God's attention. Now Joshua 3.5 says, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. Think about that concept. Tomorrow God will do amazing things. 
Tomorrow, God will give me that business that I want to have. Tomorrow, God will heal my body. Tomorrow, I will meet that spouse I've been praying for. Tomorrow, they will change things in my job situation. Tomorrow, my finances, I will get out of debt. Tomorrow, it's speak with that kind of faith. But look at what is preceded by the word consecrate. Most of us hadn't used the word consecrate in the last week. That's, that's not a, a, a word we typically use. But this word consecrate, two meanings to it. It's the act of dedicating yourself to the service and worship of God. And it's to make holy or dedicate to a higher purpose. So understand, when you're making a claim about God, you're saying, first of all, God, I want to consecrate and prepare myself to be the one that you will work through and work for and work by. You will do that. But to do that, you need to prepare yourself for that. And there's definitely some challenge in that. Because like Psalm 33, 8, it says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. Psalm 95, 6, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. I don't know about you guys, picking the men here. I don't, I don't bow down to too many people. I just, I don't do that. But as we were singing about the great I am, God is worth us bowing down for him, whether it's physically or it's you as a person saying, God, there's some things in me that need to change. God, there's, there's some sin in my life that I need to talk about and I need to move away from. God, there's some things I hadn't even been doing that I know you want me to do that I need to move that direction because for me to consecrate and prepare myself for something holy, it's going to take a little bit of work and a little bit of sweat and humility, but God sees that and he wants to work in that. So let's talk about this next visual. Because as we prophesy about God, it doesn't need to be anything fancy. And in fact, as we prepared these cards this week, I was very excited. As I woke up this morning, I am very excited because when you prophesy about God, it's when you speak something into the future. So you're going to get a chance here. In fact, Lewis, if you come on up here and he's going to give us some, uh, some uh, ambiance music because I'm going to give you uh, these cards. In fact, uh, Michael and Tina, will you guys take these and make sure that everybody in the room gets one? There's nothing special about the cards, but there's something special about these next couple moments. Because as you get these cards, and I have one myself, and if, um, if you regularly attend Vision, hopefully you saw the video I sent this week to give you a chance to think about these. But on these cards, you have a chance to write about upstream blessings. Some of the things I've already mentioned. Maybe for you, it's God. I am believing that I'm going to find that person who will be my godly spouse. God, I'm believing that my body is going to be completely healed. God, I'm believing you're going to change that situation in my workplace so that they will change my shift so that I can be with my family more. God, and you may be like, okay, flip the card. I got more things to write. And when you write them on here, don't miss this. You are prophesying about what you're believing God to do, and you put your name on it and today's date. We're going to take a couple minutes and do this, because I'm going to do mine too. Because, you know, what I'm, what I'm envisioning 
is um, uh, Zach, who is our prayer warrior today. He's in the back praying. He's got a card too. I said, Zach, because he was, he was like, Pastor Matt, what, what are upstream blessings? It says, what's going to happen one day? I believe this. I'm going to be officiating Zach Murrow's wedding, and I'm going to look at that bride and say, Miss, let me show you a card from October 2023 when Zach wrote down that he would find you. He doesn't know her name. He doesn't know where she's at. But Zach Murrow is believing that upstream, there's a woman that's preparing her heart as well for a godly husband, like he's preparing his heart for a godly wife. He doesn't want next week. He doesn't want to get married next week, but he does want to get married. And he's going to write down something like that today. And I'm going to keep these cards so as we see God answer these prayers, we will grow in faith. So take, take a minute, write down some. In fact, if you need more than just a minute or two, you can still write them during the response song. Hey, if you need more time, you can write them during the mingle afterwards. But take, take a moment here and write some of these down. I, I have mine in mind already. Be as specific as you can. These will be kept private between you and me. I won't be uh, posting your cards, nothing, but you write stuff on here and we're in this together, okay? One more minute. I would ask you to sign it, but usually I can't read your signatures, so I'm asking you to print your name if you would. I thought this through, y'all. Print your name on there and put today's date on there. You don't need to date your request. That's, that's up to God to figure that out. But you know today's date. The 8th, right? <laughs> 10, 8, 23. I have four things I wrote on my card, and I printed my name, and I have today's date. And again, you can continue working on this through the last couple minutes of the message, but this is you, like Joshua, prophesying about God. All right. Well, thank you, Lewis. Again, you can keep writing yours. I got two more points before we, uh, we bring this in. The fourth point, because we've seen that Joshua walked with God. He trusted God. He prophesied about God. The next thing we see is that Joshua obeyed God. Because honestly, you, you can walk with God, trust him, and even you know, write about him, prophesy, and then you can go on just living your life the same way. You, you really can. And Joshua could have you know, got out of that tent and rallied the troops and spoke about what God was going to do. Woo, then last minute said, actually, man, let's, let's head back in the desert. Let's go back in the desert. Or let's do this. Let's walk up the river and just keep walking until we find a way on our own to cross. But no, 
God said, you're going to cross here. And in Joshua 3, it says, When the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. I wonder how Joshua felt. If he was like me, it'd be like, oh, let me go first. At least if something goes wrong, like I'll be the one who gets knocked down in the water. <laughs> I'll be the one who gets wet, drowned, whatever. It's like, no, Joshua, your calling is to speak it and to obey it. And the right process was to have the Levites, the priests, carry the ark, the presence of God, into the Jordan River. Y'all saw the picture? That doesn't make sense. This was their prized possession, if you will, the Ark of the Covenant, their prized people, the priests. And he said, okay, God, you said to do this. We're doing this. Start walking. He obeyed. And just clarifying, verse 15 says, the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. So don't be thinking, oh, this is like the lower time, right? The water went down. No, this is flood stage. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan, and their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream, it stopped flowing. Say upstream. upstream. You need to even just hear that word come out of your mouth that upstream. This doesn't happen. Water from upstream doesn't stop. This is an upstream blessing. It says it piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by till the whole nation had completed crossing on dry ground. You know, I could spend like a whole message just like only a couple verses. There's so many different pieces of it. But just think about this. We don't know when that water stopped upstream, but I'm believing it was somewhere when Joshua was walking with God, trusting God, speaking about God in his tent praying. In some of those three days, they spent three days looking at the Jordan River. In fact, I can't prove this, but I wonder if it took three days for them to run out of ideas about how they were going to try to cross it. First day, hey, look, all these trees, we can knock these down, make a bridge. No, it's not going to work. Day two, okay, let's, how about we build a boat? How about we dam it up, How it, whatever? And literally, they're sitting there watching this impossibility day after day to the third day. And they get to this point where the water had already stopped. Way upstream, they couldn't see it. This is you as a single person praying and saying, God, I want to find that spouse. Are they out there? God, I believe they're out there. I believe you want me to find them. And God's like, I already know who they are. They're looking for you too. You fill in your blank, but the water stopped flowing and piled up in a heap. And when you look through God's word and you see people like Noah who built a boat when it didn't make sense. Esther, when she went to speak to the king, they said, don't do that. Peter, when he threw something in the water and said, there's no fish in there. They're, okay, there might be fish in there. This is what people of faith do. They believe in upstream blessings and they obey God. But many times that obedience is painful. So I thought, okay, God, what's, what's the visual of that? A brand spanking new toilet brush. 
Because nobody's like, God, I want to charge the gates of hell and clean the toilets. But there's going to be something in your life when God says, I want you to do this. He said, I, I don't want to do that. I want to do something glamorous. I want to do something powerful and magnificent. And God says, I want you to go clean a toilet. Or I want you to minister to that person. Or I want you to give that. Or I want you to wait. <laughs> you say, God, for me to be obedient? God says, you just be obedient and I'll take care of the rest. So number five, the last thing about Joshua is he testified about God. In fact, to do uh, this part here, uh, Jan, would you help me out? Look around the side of that curtain there, and would you roll over here what you see right around that corner? All right, your uh, last visual is coming to you straight from the, uh, the Toys R Us shopping cart. But you've never seen that before in a service. All right, bring that thing right in front here. All right, that cart is filled with a bunch of these. <laughs> Just like out of the Jordan River, right? And this one's mine. Because yesterday when we washed these off and this morning we brought them in here, God picked one of these for you. I'm not sure which one. But when those guys came out of that river and they took rocks with them, they said, God, we're going to testify about what you've done. Look at this. Joshua called together the 12 men he'd appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? You know, when I prayed for you this morning, I prayed that this plus this is going to be something unforgettable in your life. That literally years from now, you'll be in your house and you'll have some stone sitting there and your child or grandchild will say, hey, mom, pop, grandpa, son, why do we have that rock? You say, you're not going to believe this. But back in 2023, we wrote down some things we believe God would do and he did them. He did them. And you keep something as a remembrance of that. And until then, this is your prayer remembrance. I'm going to put this on my desk at home so that I am praying for these four things. So this concept of an Ebenezer or a stone of help, and if you want to dig into that, it's in 1 Samuel 7, where they literally would put stones down and say, God did something here. We're marking this. That takes faith because some people are like, you're so silly. Why are you carrying a rock home from church? Is that your pet rock? Not a pet. You're carrying home a rock because you're a person of faith. In fact, if you're watching online and you don't live near us, and you post your, uh, your address on there or you know, message us, and we'll mail you one. How about that? Free of charge. So that you can have your stone of help, your Jordan River rock. So here's how we're going to finish up. Let's, um, Michael, if you would take this table away, please. Take this one here.
And there's some stuff on there. Try not to have my shoes fall on or anything. If you need to move the, the shopping cart for a minute, but the shopping cart will end up back there. You just take it over there. That's fine. Yeah, thanks, guys. So here's our, uh, our Jordan River basket, and this is the, uh, the bucket for our cards. And the song that we selected about a month ago for today, uh, I asked my team, would, would we sing this one? It's about keeping hope alive. It's keeping hope alive. Because for many of us, the things you wrote on your card, and you, you didn't even hold like that, nobody else needs to see it unless you want to. You can fold it over if you want to, but many of us, the things we wrote down on here, you just need to know that, that there's still hope. Now, let me make a, di a differentiation in this. You're not just hoping for these things. God, I hope I find that spouse. I hope I do whatever. No, no. We have hope, but we're building this on faith because Downstream faith does not lead to upstream blessings. Makes you understand that. You're saying, God, I've seen you do some things here, and, and once I see it, I'll believe you. That's not what we're talking about. Downstream faith. We're talking about an upstream faith that says, God, I'm believing you for these things. In our last song today, you'll have a chance then to walk up here, drop that in there, pick you a rock, take that with you. And, you know, I'm going to look back to this day because I'm going to keep these cards. I'm going to read through these cards. I'm going to pray with you about these cards. And when God answers, now, this is the part for you. When he answers something, you have to let me know because I'm not going to be able to keep up with everybody's prayer requests. But when you say, hey, Matt, found that spouse. That thing changed in my job. My health did this. We will celebrate together with your permission. If we, if we feel like, hey, then let's take a picture together. Boom, with the card if you want. How awesome is that? When upstream blessings come in and we celebrate them, our faith will grow to new levels. So if you would, stand with me and close your eyes for a minute. Because I want you to imagine that Jordan River that was in front of Joshua and the pit that was in his stomach. Oh my goodness, that's why God had to keep telling him to be strong and courageous. It's okay if you have that, that pit, that feeling in your stomach. But faith can overcome that because Jesus is the one who keeps hope alive. So whatever you are praying for with these upstream blessings, let's, let's start with this. To be a part of that journey, you have to know Jesus as your Savior. Super easy. Super easy. Admit that you need him. Admit that you can't save yourself, that you're a sinner, that you're separated from God. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came to earth and lived a perfect life, died on that cross, defeated that grave, and he lives again now as our conquering hero. And then you choose to live for him. You say, God, I am no longer the leader of my own life. You're my leader. I confess that. I live for that. And so if you did that and you prayed to accept Jesus, you can raise your hand right now and show me that. Hey, now you're living for Jesus, whether in person or online. 
and that's you. And you're like, yes, I'm living for Jesus. And for any of us now that indeed are living for him, upstream blessings are in your future. So I gave cards to uh, people in the broadcast room, even to people working with the kids. Everybody in this building had a chance, the potential to have that card. God, you see that. God, thank you that you are walking with us on this journey. You give us the strength and the courage, and you do the work. So when those upstream blessings come in and the water parts, we absolutely give you all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the Vision Church podcast. We hope that you were able to experience God in a real and powerful way today. If you just made the decision to accept Jesus, then congratulations. We would love to celebrate with you. Visit viz.church salvation, and we would love to meet you along with mailing you a free gift. We would also love to have you join us for church in person or on the Vision Network this Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Head on over to viz.church rsvp to let us know you're coming. As always, we are here for you, and we love to pray for you in any way that we can. Send us a DM on Instagram at viz.church, and a team member will be in touch shortly. Thanks again for joining us, and God bless.